0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl and it is episode 16 of Cage Rage, a Nicholas Cage podcast. I had to think about that then. It's got to the stage where I've lost all sense of numbers But don't worry about that, because it's the weekend, baby. And here we are, we're in the, well, not studio, the small room. Uh, And we're here for episode 16, it's Honeymoon in Vegas from 1992. Just finished watching it, Um, and we'll get on to uh, the recap and thoughts and audio clips as per ever. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard. Uh, Welcome aboard the, the train to true Cage Nirvana. That's the purpose of this podcast. Um you know we take a lighthearted look at things, we might nibble a little bit on Cage's uh delicious PP, but ultimately we're going from A to Z, start to finish of the filmography of the greatest actor of our generation, Nicolas Cage, watching all the films and achieving true Cage Nirvana. By the end of it, it's that simple. Join in, get involved, there's always more than enough seats. On this train the cage train um but how have you been how are you is it is it good um we're in we're in August now that's a month that's a thing that's happened it's getting very warm it's getting very sweaty it's the devil's armpit in here but that's not gonna stop me wind nor rain nor shine nor Ian will stop me from getting this episode to you not even a bullet to the brain. Point blank range will stop me from completing this journey. My life's work, some might say. Um, so yeah, speaking of the cook, uh, speak of the cook, and he may appear, the The bins, they continue. As I mentioned last week, he, um, he put them down the side of the the, uh, the alley that you had to sort of go down the little dirt path you've got to go down to reach my house. Uh, he was like, oh, you know, uh, last week um, you'd actually put The green bin out, but it was uh it was the black bins last week, so I swapped them round for you. (laughs) You could check it on the internet, you know. I know what the fucking internet is, Ian. I know what the internet is. Do you think I don't know what the internet is? You cuck, huh? He was like, oh, I know. I would have uh I would have brought the black bin down last week, but I was going to work. I didn't have time, you see. You didn't. Now one, I never asked you to put my bin out. Two. I never ask you to take the bin back in. These are things that you've decided to do. And three, I think you did have time. What, you didn't have five seconds? Were you running late to your little mattress appointment? You jerk. You loser. Huh? I see you. I fucking see you, Ian. You think I don't? You think I don't know what you're up to? Because I know. And then the other day, someone, because now all the pubs are reopened and stuff, someone had been uh, sick at the top of the alleyway and then he's gone out of his way to clean that up like what are you the civil service now as well the day to day service no one's asked you to do that and I don't need you to tell me about it it was either you or some fucking wild hound that was going to clean it up did you lap it up Huh? what do you want from me is my question at this point 16 weeks in what do you want from me because I don't want anything from you I just want to come home from work one day and not see you with your silly red face, sitting on your porch, engaging me in some idle chit-chat. As you can see, I'm trying to get into the house. You can always see that I'm trying to get into the house and that you've got to just grab me by the fucking balls, haven't you? Hmm? Huh? No, one day, I'm telling you now, duelling is going to come back. And not in the Yu-Gi-Oh sense, you know, um, pistols at dawn, slapping another man with a glove meeting on a hilltop somewhere uh, and then firing fucking gunpowder-loaded pistols at each other. If there was ever an end to this, that's how it's going to go down, alright? And I will see you there. So as I said, it's 1992 and Cage moves on to the light-hearted screwball comedy honeymoon in Vegas, written and directed by Andrew Bergman. It stars, of course... Nicholas Cage as a man who lives in fear of marriage and then ends up having to compete for the love of his life aka he plays a straight man in this film released theatrically on August 28th 1992 it earned over 35.2 million during its run as well as two golden globe nominations so we had one for best picture musical or comedy and a second more importantly for Nicolas Cage as best actor in a musical or comedy motion picture. You see, this is what I've been saying. We've been building up this momentum. The Cage train is hurtling towards success. The 90s business is picking up, especially for Nick Cage. Now, it is my unfortunate news to report back that in 1992, at the 50th Golden Globe Awards, Nick Cage would tragically lose out on that award to Tim Robbins who, if he knew it was good for him, he would have stayed the fucking Shawshank. The movie currently holds an approval rating of 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, with mostly mixed to positive reviews. And like I said, we'll get more into my thoughts as we go through this, but just finished the film... Um you know what it was it was good. I actually enjoyed it uh rented it from Amazon Prime for three pounds and forty nine pence uh you two can check this film out uh, in a high definition quality. I enjoyed it. I thought for the most part it was really like quite fun um I think it goes to most places you expect the comedy to go doesn't do anything too unexpected um plays a few things safe but ultimately. It's a bit of light-hearted, fun, and quite enjoyable. Um, so I would certainly recommend it at this stage. But tucking in to the nitty, and of course indeed the gritty, you know how we operate here. Uh, we start in a New York hospital in 1987, where we see Nicolas Cage, who plays Jack Singer in this film. He's visiting his mother in the hospital. Now, on her deathbed, she makes him promise that he will always love her, as his mother, which of course he does, and that he will never get married, because it just won't make him happy. She clearly knew his potential all his life, and dear listeners, so do we. Getting married to one woman, by Nicholas Cage's standards, was set upon us a generation of darkness, knowing his hog would be contained, caged, excuse the pun, in matrimony. And then his mother, with eyes wide open, bless uh, dies that is she blares and Cage screams that he won't get married. Um, now if that isn't um, the ultimate emotional blackmail, then I don't know what is. Um, imagine that just getting absolutely <laughs> rinsed by a dying parent on their deathbed. I mean, when you think about it, you know. Okay, it would stick with you mentally, but you could just say yes, and with all due respect, they wouldn't know. I mean, come on. Like, I'm not... They wouldn't know. I mean, Cage would know because he is infinite and all-encompassing and omnipresent. And so you wouldn't lie to him. If you listen, Cage-senpai, I would never lie to you. I give myself to you in your craft. We move to four years later, and Jack Singer is now a private eye, uh, the sexiest of all the professions. Don't at me on that. He follows cheating couples wearing a fake moustache, um... Which, you know... A full hog, moustache and cage... Looks very, very nice, let me tell you. He... Follows these cheating couples... uh, Confirms the black cloud hanging over him... Since his mother's death... That marriages are just awful things. Uh, Now you know... I actually did some private investigating myself... And found out... Get this... That Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor... Of our generation. Don't at me... Because it's not up for discussion. However... You can at me on the social. See what I've done there. I've, I've swung it. I've swung it around and I've and I've done. I've done the, uh, you know, the admin. The yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, you do. Uh, Twitter at cage underscore podcast. Instagram at cage rage pod. Uh, you can find us on YouTube as well. I'm trying to upload a few of the episodes down. Of course, on Spotify. Search for Cage Rage Nicholas Cage podcast. And we're on there as well. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you're enjoying it, you're new to it, and you want to throw anything my way, you don't have to. Um, Listening to this is payment in itself enough. You can find me on ko-fi.com forward slash Daryl Edge, K-O-F-I dot com forward slash D-A-R-R-Y-L-E-D-G. And uh, yeah, so that's that. Helps pay for the VPN, so I can definitely legally stream All of these films, don't worry about it, don't, don't, let's not look into that one too much. So Jack in this time has been dating uh, lovely Betsy Nolan, played by Sarah Jessica Parker, who is, for all intents and purposes, as the film will tell us, an absolute diamond, sometimes helps out his tail job, she's there to um, give him a beer during the poker games with the boys. ...all of whom are a hundred times more New Yorker than he is... ...which will sometimes help out on the tailing jobs... Uh, ...following suspects. You know, not raw-dogging... ...but um, you know that with Cage on the case... ...there's going to be no shortage of that either. Um, with That being said, post Rory. ...now this is a more of a family-friendly film... ...so we're not going to see outright raw-dogs... ...like in Zanderley last week... ...but they are implied... ...and implications of raw-dogs always get a pass... ...and the streak continues... In episode 16. Uh, They have a little bedtime chat. Jack still has his marriage reservations. Um, We then go a year past that. And the relationship is looking to be. A little bit on the rocks here. Now Betsy. She wants to move forward with her life. She wants to get married. She wants to have children. She wants to um, set that family up. And settle down. Um, And she doesn't want to be a girlfriend forever. She. Wants the children, she wants the family. Like little <laughs> woman, am I right, little fellas? Um later that night, Jack does end up going back on his promise to his dead, deceased, no longer alive mother, who is six feet under and dead, and proposes to Betsy in spite of his dead mother who is not alive, um and ruins the one thing she asked him to do when she was no longer with us on this mortal coil. Uh, but forget about her, she's not important anymore. He uh, proposes to her, Betsy says yes. They take a flight to Vegas and decide to get married. So they end up checking into uh, Bawley's Casino, which it turns out not just any casino, but one that is somewhat significant to the story of Nicolas Cage as well, as it would also feature uh, three years from now in 1995's film Leaving Las Vegas, for which he won the Golden Globe for Best Actor. A wonderful year for raw dogging. If you were born in 1995, I'm not saying leaving Las Vegas is the reason why. But I am saying that leaving Las Vegas is the reason why. Um, So he would win the Golden Globe for Best Actor, as I said. um, And when people say, Nicolas Cage is an award-winning actor, you say, yes, yes, he bloody is. And then you headbutt them for saying it like that. How dare they? The casino would also feature other such films as Rocky IV and Hot Shots, as well as the incredible Burt Wonderstone, more, more recently. But who gives a shit about any of those, because none of them star Nicolas Cage. Now in that same casino, we meet um, the little hogged fella of the film, the bad guy, so to speak, of the film, Tommy Corman, played by James Caan. Uh, he rocks up to this casino, he's wearing this uh, silver suit, which makes him look like a fucking burrito, to be honest. Tiny PP energy. So wee, so small. Not like Cage, who has universal PP energy, uh galactic PP for all time. The people's peep, the peep of the people. Tommy grabs the manager by his crotch and demands a big sweep because his uh, minuscule peep is naught but a nub. Uh rubber dub nub, no nubs in this tub. Eh? At the hotel lobby, he spots Betsy. Now Betsy reminds him of his late wife Donna, and Tommy, believing it to be God, giving him a second chance, uh, can you know starts to plot a scheme to um, woo this woman, even though he's never met her before and just seen her across the way. Not creepy at all. It's a it's a light film that was nominated for awards. Don't worry about it. Betsy, however, is too busy snogging Cage while Cage. Yes, of course, trying to get a bit of admin done. You're unbelievable. I want to get you in that room, tear the bed spread off. yoo Can I get a room? Uh, Nicolas Cage throughout this film will frequently deliver lines in that same intonation and tone. Why? Because he's the best actor who's ever lived in. You don't dare question him, like, Oh, Nicolas, classic Nicolas Cage. Because I will find you. And I will pinch you. Okay? Don't make me say it again. So they have another post-Raw talk. They discuss the mirror on the singling of both of them um, having beautiful behinds. Now, Jack still has some reservations about the wedding, uh, but then receives a secret letter inviting him to his room for a poker game. Now, the game, of course, is organised by Mr. Acorn Tip himself, Tommy Coleman. Jack does take up the offer. Um, Inevitably... And unfortunately, he takes a little poker whipping. He says, you know what? Uh, Not for me. I'm going to tap out now. But Tommy, that sneaky little peeped man, keeps him in with a line of credit, dangling that carrot like Cage's some kind of pack meal uh, with his wee little dick tactics. But Jack fights the good fight and placing his erect hog on the table for all to see, wins a big hand with his big Dick. I can't stress that point enough. What a lovely hog he truly has. I'd love to say that it ends there, and they have a lovely trip to Las Vegas. However, the game is crooked, and like Tommy's crooked piglet of a hog as well, and see what I did there, Jack loses everything. And now at this point, um we're about, you know, twenty, twenty-five minutes into the film, and James Kahn James fucking carnival How dare you humiliate Nicolas Cage like this? Don't act like you didn't see that James Caan joke coming. And I'm not going to apologise for it. Because it's both of our faults. So Jack is now 65k down with no way to repay. Essentially, the same as paying back a student loan, and um, unable to cough up the cash, Tommy says that the only way for him to wipe the debt, repay the whole thing, is for Betsy to spend the weekend with him. Um, reluctantly, Jack agrees, and despite Betsy's protests that Nicholas Cage has now made her a whore. Um, you won't be the first, and you're sure to be the last. She also reluctantly agrees, as Nicholas Cage definitely does not over deliver on a line to sum up his feelings on the matter. I don't want you to. This is nuts. So I suppose the natural question uh, that I would ask uh, to you, to the listeners, to the ragers out there, um, if you were in this situation, and the only way to repay the big debt was to give your significant other. Over to a stranger, effectively cooking yourself. Would you do it? Let me know. On the usual social chals. So, Betsy and Tommy have their first meeting as a child Elvis impersonator sings, and I have never wanted to fight anyone so much in my life. Interestingly enough, my research revealed that this child was actually a young Bruno Mars, and I have never wanted to fight anyone so much. In my life. Tommy plans to take Betsy to Hawaii, revealing his little dicked loophole that he never said the weekend would just be in Vegas. It's now extended to a week and away from Big Vegas to some lovely islands where they filmed Lost. Jack, at the same time, loses more money on roulette. And in this next clip, you will see that he's not happy about Hawaii. Give me a little He'll overcome you! I mean, what happens if you start screaming? It's like a jungle over there! He probably has servants and bodyguards, and believe me, they will drug you! His son is gonna be there, Jack. His granddaughter Tiffany will be there. She knows the kid's name already. Again, this is what I'm saying. It's not an overreaction at all, and if anything, a perfectly reasonable reaction uh, to a situation entirely of your own making. Um, Now Betsy, however, um, actually looks to make the most of this bizarre opportunity as Cage skulks and sulks around Las Vegas with nothing but a pocket full of change and his generously proportioned hog to his name. In short, forget your royal flush because Cage has been royally cooked. This is, without question, the Emperor of Ian Moves. I know he's planning to take you, wife, and I know this is how he's going to do it. Well, between you and me, listener, and coming closer here, and not if we sleep with his wife first. That'll teach him a lesson, right? So Jack goes back to private eyeing in the meantime, with no other options available, goes back to eyeing up the mischievous husband's but one client. And his description of Mike Tyson hogging his significant other pushes Jack a little too far. Soon, he starts moving his hands around her, uh, grabbing her, touching her, handling her, groping. Are you trying to give me a heart attack? Now that's my kind of puppet game. During the Hawaiian adventures, Tommy confesses his building feelings to Betsy. They end up going to check out an erupting volcano, which I'm sure is probably a metaphor for Nicolas Cage's hog. Um, that happens to be covered by a local news report that Jack happens to see. And he rushes to the airport to get out there, but the sun showed, And if you've been flying, you know the type who's holding up at the line, but finally... Nicholas Cage is that person who says what we're all thinking, and I implore that you to try this if you've ever encountered the same situation on your next flight. Well, I'm trying to make arrangements to get to Milwaukee for my nephew Douglas's wedding on the 21st. You're not even flying today? No. Consumer Reports said that if you make your travel arrangements two weeks in advance at the airport... this line? We're all flying today. Please, sir, if you don't get back on Then what? I'll be arrested, put in airport jail? Just get your ticket and move on, okay? Get your goddamn ticket and move on! And he really gets the point across of the urgency of the matter. He's got raw dogging to do, and he's got no time for some jerk at the front of the line, and the best part is people are starting to get it you can't just get in the way of a sweet hoggin and they're applauding him for it as you should be dear listener for every single role this man the greatest actor has ever played back in hawaii tommy plants a kiss on betsy he's into it betsy's a bit on the fence tommy does then learn that Jack is en route and request that his goons try to keep him away. Now, to to go to this effort, okay, to steal Cage's girl, this, mel- this may well be the beginnings of the heist of the century, okay? This would be a day that would go down in Cage infamy. Tommy's goon pays the taxi driver to keep Jack away, and despite, and this is what I found interesting, despite um, this goon having no frame of reference for what Nick Cage actually looks like, somehow manages to find him immediately. Um Maybe that's just the power of taxi drivers, I don't know. And then in this clip, the two meet in what I find to be an absolutely relatable bit of dialogue. Thank Thanks. My name Mahi. Mahi, Mahi. Like the fish? Yeah. my father was a fisherman. My father left home when I was five, that's why I'm named Jack. Because in Jack, tell your mother I'm just going out to get the paper. i got to make a couple calls. Hey, Jack. In the ensuing car ride, Mahi Mahi explains that the island makes girls want to—and I quote here—get freaky freaky all night long. So, logically thinking, they really should rename Hawaii to Hawaii Nicholas Caved He's um, then taken to Chief Ormond Shack instead, and is not incredibly happy about it. Tabluna, Cabluna. Come on. Listen, Mahi, I don't have time for this horseshit. What an incredible range of emotions right there. Let's be honest. Uh, now, Jack, not wanting to partake in this tom fuckery any longer, uh, steals the taxi, hogs off at full speed. Meanwhile, Tommy is just throwing gifts and diamond rings upon Betsy, telling her he wants to get married. Now, Betsy does still resist explaining it's too soon it's too complex especially as she still has feelings for jack not taking no for an answer tommy then pins the blame and the whole situation onto jack saying that jack had only owed 3000 and he willingly gambled her away and i say to you james con god damn you jack! Yeah, I did the joke twice. I did it twice. How do you feel about that? Lol, that's all I can say. Uh, again, we are both to blame. And I mean, who knew that someone would really follow in Ian's footsteps? I've never known depravity like it. So as as they say, um, if you stare into the abyss, Ian will find a way to harass your wife. Uh, now Jack does finally find Betsy, but is attacked by Tommy in the age-old battle of Little Pig... Versus Big Hog. I don't need to tell you who's who, do I? Now, in a real fight, Cage would have clicked his fingers and disintegrated this man, like Thanos. So thank Christ for the restrictions of scripts and choreography. Tommy calls for help, and security end up dragging Tommy away off of this Hawaiian resort. So Tommy returns to Betsy. Betsy tells him that she will marry him. She will have his children. Uh, She wants to move on with life and get this done. This is truly the darkest timeline. Jack is thrown in jail with a fat, naked man. Uh, He calls Sally, a bookie dentist guy that he knows back from New York, to pay his five grand bail. I saw this character's name is actually Sally Molers as well. And I'm just saying, um, if my dentist, irrespective of qualification, was called Sally Molers, I wouldn't have a dentist anymore. Jack meets Mahi Mahi again, outside the jail, who admits that Tommy and Betsy... Um, have now returned to Las Vegas to seal the deal, make this wedding happen and he imparts some sage advice which you know Nicholas Cage definitely takes to heart Jack Jack Good luck brother Thanks. Hey. Always remember It means always have the good words come out of your mouth brother that just doesn't help me at all, but I appreciate the thought. I so Jack goes on to battle with a series of connecting flights to race back to Betsy, and finds himself on a free seat with a flight full of Elvis impersonators. Uh, forget first class because I'm now convinced that this might be the only way to fly. Uh, it does turn out though that they're all skydiving. Elvises switch on second thought. May well be a kink for some, definitely Ian, when he's not too busy fucking rutting on a dustbin somewhere, the loser. Betsy does go on to get cold feet about marrying Tommy, but he isn't taking no for an answer. His pee-pee is so small at this stage in the film that it's sucked right up into his stomach. Back in the sky, Cage learns the basics of skydiving as the Elvis Brigade all joke casually about him falling to his death. Um, Yeah, on second thought, this plane might actually be hell. I'm shocked that the Elvises, the Elvises, the Elvi, I don't know what a collection of Elvises are, um, shocked they didn't form a human centipede and start feasting on each other's rock and roll buttocks. Now, to escape from Tommy, Betsy runs off, disguises herself as a showgirl, and escapes out of the casino as a crowd gather in the nearby Vega street to watch the Elvises fall from the sky like lemmings, or plummeting crooners, uh, whichever's more apt, I suppose. Um, all of them with the eyes on the prize. Some may say it was a landing target on the ground. Others may say it was your wife. The lead Elvis in the sky shoves Cage from the plane, who then falls to his death, and the credits roll on this hilarious comedy from 19. 19- 92. Uh, Wait, no. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, that was the... uh, Got confused. That was the Ian Cut Cook version of Honeymoon in Vegas. Sorry about that. Uh, The actual theatrical release, Cage opens his shoot, is pointed out by the announcer. Um, I have no idea how they managed to get that information back to Las Vegas and to the announcer in time, but that is showbiz for you. Um, So he manages to parachute his way down finds Betsy in the crowd, so uh, Jack, dressed as Elvis, Betsy, dressed as a showgirl, they embrace, they tongue each other a little bit, Tommy concedes defeat due to the size of Nick Cage's balls, finally. And then later on, they get married in front of the audience, a flying Elvis Presley's as the credits roll, all shook up plays, and my hog finally returned to normal size after raging... For about an hour and a half, and that brings us to the end of 1992's comedy Honeymoon in Vegas. Like I said, it's a fun film. It's a light film. Um, it's a bit of a, I suppose, a bit of a strange premise. But in the 90s, anything When Am I right? You can get it on Amazon Prime to rent, as I did. Um, I'd recommend it. It's a, you can sort of switch off for this film. Just enjoy it. Cage has a few moments of. Um, overacting to norms, but to rages like us, scene signaling. and that's why he was nominated for a Golden Globe in this one. And um, I mean, overall, I would probably give this one a silver cage. I think it was really good, so I actually found myself quite enjoying it. I wasn't sure, going into it, if um, this would be my cup of tea, I think with some of these comedies... Um, I can go not far enough or too far. I think a lot of this played it quite safe. Um I do wish that Sarah Jessica Parker was given a little bit more to do in the film. Um but she just basically became the prize, the uh the eyed target between Cage and Khan, Carn and Cage, uh, a Carnage, if you will. Um damn you Tony Khan. Uh, not Tony Khan, you'd run wrestling and own Fulham, um, James Khan, the other Khan, a um, bit of a Carnian slip there, but um, yeah, overall it was good, it was, um, I'd say, you know, not the, it's not the best comedy in the world, um, but you'll come out of it, I think, satisfied, you'll come out of it happy, um, so this is one that I would definitely recommend, and I hope it's one that you do eventually go and check out as well, um, but that Bring us to the end of episode 16 of Cage Rage, a Nicolas Cage podcast. Just take this opportunity to shout out all the other lovely Nicolas Cage podcasts out there, of which I'm part of a Twitter group chat with. It really makes you feel like you've made it when you're a part of a network of cages. A wonderful and yet odd honour in itself. If you're listening, you know who you are. So, with that said, as ever, do consider checking out uh, the usual social media at cage underscore podcast on Twitter, at part on Instagram. Uh, we're on YouTube. Spotify, of course, please do consider sharing the episodes around and following. If you've enjoyed, it really helps the channel grow and I appreciate you. Um, and coffee.com forward slash Edge. if you want to, you know, support in a uh, in a financial but not weird domineering kinky kind of way. We'll discuss that in the DMs. Uh, so I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you in the next one. But until then, keep on, keep on cajin, A uh, bye.